In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Jesus says in our gospel today, 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 this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. Today, right now, at this very moment, that which was promised by God to his chosen people of old is fulfilled in your hearing. All the blessings, all the good stuff is happening to those who desperately need it now in this time. We know it's true because Jesus, the one anointed by the Spirit of the Lord and the waters of the Jordan River, says it's so. Yet for many of us gathered here today, those things which Christ says are fulfilled in our hearing, all the blessings, all the gifts, don't seem like a present reality they seem like either a picture of the past, an, an idea of a bygone age, or solely the hope of a future time, something that will happen in years and years and years to come. But today, in our present time, blessings and fulfillment of Scripture, how can that be so? Because in today's day and age, the poor that Jesus talks about, they're not brought glad tidings. No, the poor are shamed and shunned and rejected. Those captive to sin have given up on the possibility of liberation. Those blinded by the falsehood of the world stray further and further from life-giving truth. Those oppressed by demonic forces have lost the hope of freedom. And I think we can all agree that it's been a very, very long time since we've had a year that is acceptable to the Lord or even us. Scripture being fulfilled, blessings given to us today, how can that be? It makes you wonder how we both individually and communally have gotten to this point of hopelessness and apathy and fatigue that keeps us from believing, trusting in the todayness, the, the reality of the Lord's fulfilled promises to us. And I'm sure that we could sit here all day and name, and name a number of things that we think have gotten us to this predicament. But there's snow to shovel, there's recesses to be had, uh, so we won't do that. And the finger of blame uh, could be pointed in several different directions, right? It's that person, or it's the government, or it's that reality, or it's all of these things have made us hopeless and, and apathetic, and fatigued. And then we think, well, many solutions could be con concocted uh, to remove by human hands the unbelief that the plague suffered by the poor and the captive, the blind and the oppressed could be maybe reversed. Maybe we could do it. Maybe, maybe people could do it for us. 
Yet the more we trust in the work of human hands, the more faith we have in in sinful persons or corrupt institutions to bring goodness and liberty, truth and freedom. The more we trust in those things, the further we're plunged into this hopelessness and apathy and fatigue. My friends, if we're ready to be completely honest with ourselves, both individually and communally, we'd realize that there is only one reason for this unbelief that Jesus' blessings are for us now. There's only one reason for our pining after a human solution for all these problems, and that is for too long we have glanced at the dead and decaying world for blessing and fulfillment instead of looking intently at the one who is the blessing and the fulfillment of all the promises of God. That one is, of course, Jesus Christ, the, resurrect, the crucified and resurrected. You see, looking intently at Jesus is what the people in the synagogue did after Jesus spoke with such power and authority in today's gospel text read just a moment ago. Looking intently at Jesus is not just a glimpse, it's not just a glance at him, but it is a longing gaze, a a deep listening with the eyes and the ears of our bodies and our hearts. Looking intently at Jesus is removing all the distraction and opening ourselves up to receive Jesus himself, his gospel, his blessings, the fulfillment of, of Scripture, now in this very moment. When we longingly gaze at and deeply, deeply listen to Jesus, we begin to see and to hear and to believe that all the blessings of God really are fulfilled in this time, in this resurrected one. The blessings won't be found out in the world. The blessings are not a thing. The blessings are a person And that person is Jesus for you. For Jesus is the only one who brings everlasting glad tidings to the poor. Today, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of heaven today. Jesus is the one who proclaims true liberty to the captives. Now, in this time, your sins are forgiven you. Jesus is the one who gives sight to the blind. At this very moment, taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus is the one who frees in our presence those oppressed by the demonic. Depart, you unclean spirit, and make room for the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus himself is the fulfillment 
of all Scripture, and it's for you today. If you're wondering, though, how you and your family might might gaze more longingly and listen more deeply and receive of the blessings more frequently, I'd encourage you to do two things. First, take a moment to reflect on all the earthly idols, all the things in your life that you trust to bring earthly blessing, like money or power or or popularity, or status, or even unhealthy expectations for your children. I mean, the list goes on and on. We, we should reflect on it and then name those things. And then once you've named all those idols, all those things that have distracted you from looking intently at Jesus, grab them and then chuck them back, back in that baptismal font. Let them sink to the bottom. Let, let Jesus take them and drown them. Let them let kill them so that they have no more power over your life. Then secondly, I would encourage you to look around this wonderful parish of ours and see all the many ways the Lord blesses us each and every day, all the ways that the Lord gives us the fulfillment of Scripture to us day in and day out. I mean, he's given us this wonderful church, right? This building, but also the people. And in this church, the Word is read and pondered and preached daily to remind us of the great story of salvation that we are all caught up into. This church where, where Jesus' baptism is administered to free us from the bondage of sin and claim us as his own, daughters and sons of the one true King. This church where the true body and the true blood, really present, are given so that we might taste and see the Lord's forgiveness, that our blind eyes might be cleansed so that we might see the power and glory of the Lord. This place where his absolution is offered by pastors in the stead and by the command of Jesus to throw off the chains that the devil has placed you in. This church where the fellowship of our brothers and sisters comforts us in times of distress and grief, celebrates us in times of joy, and always encourages us through our daily lives, our devotional lives, our vocations, our jobs, our stations in life, to always gaze at and open our ears to the one who was crucified and resurrected for us. All of those things he gives to us in our church so that we might look more intently at him and receive of the blessing. But as I mentioned in the children's message, Trinity also has this wonderful opportunity, this, this wonderful gift of the Lord of a Lutheran school. A growing school that we celebrate over these next several days of National Lutheran Schools Week. 
You see, our school holds a special place in my heart. Not only because I get to chaplain and I get to, I get to be the pastor, I get to tell them about Jesus all the time, go to recess with them, eat snacks with them. But as I said, it is through a Lutheran school that myself and my sister and my parents and then the ripple effect, my cousins and my aunts and uncles and my grandparents all came into the church. We started out just going to school, but then slowly but surely we, we were captivated by Christ and, and desired to look more intently at Him. And my parents so desperately desired a community to, to grow their kids up in. I really don't think that, if, that I would be a Christian if it were not for my first Lutheran schools, let alone would I be standing here preaching to you today. Not every Lutheran church gets that opportunity, but we here at Trinity do, and it's a great blessing from the Lord. And this church will do, do everything it can to help anyone who wants to look intently at Jesus send their kids here. For the mission of Lutheran schools is to provide God's treasured little ones a place to daily gaze at and hear from Jesus who continually reminds them that he loves them and that he is near to them now in this moment and to eternity. That's what we're about here at Trinity, in our church, in our school, looking intently, longingly, opening our ears and hearing Christ through Scripture and prayer and Eucharist and liturgy, through tithing and almsgiving, through forgiveness and charity and mercy. That's what it's all about, folks. It's the many blessings that the Lord gives to us to look ever more intently at Him. So it turns out that when Jesus says, today, today, at this moment, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing, he really means it. It's all here. It's all for you. Free, forgiveness, love, mercy. So let's take a moment now and look intently at Jesus. Let's Let's open the eyes and ears of our bodies and our hearts and ask the Lord to rid our hearts and minds of that which wrenches our attention away from him. And then let's thank him for the many ways he blesses us with himself today in this moment, both in our church and in our school. Let's take a moment now and ponder. Lord, we come to you today with 
open eyes and open hearts to look intently at you and to hear of the forgiveness that you have for us. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.